love of God those songs you chose they're, they're, they live in my heart I, I just am part of those songs I just love those songs and I know there'd be people out there listening to this because I get all kinds of people giving emails and saying how much they enjoy these songs and your style of playing and they feel the spirit of it God bless you Janet Lee and hello everybody I'm so happy to have you joining us some of you are joining us now. Others will be joining us uh, later in the day and through the week as they pick up the broadcast on the archives. And so today we're continuing, uh, you know, with this uh, astounding subject of the astounding Bible revelation of the universe. And this is uh, number three. And so we are, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of important things. The, this, uh, this subject on the universe is extremely urgent and important to you to understand and if you are going to only just live in your little world called the earth uh, then um, you're, you're going to be very lonesome of knowledge and wisdom because the the wisdom that God poured out he poured out for us to understand about the, the whole universe so that's why the Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. And the, the uh, proper translation for the word world in that uh, John 3.16 verse is cosmos, which is, means the orderly uh, nature of the stars and which then refers to the universe. So when God says, you know, um, for God so loved the world, he is really saying for God so loved the universe. So that is just uh, such a, a beautiful, absolutely awesome uh, thing that uh, is in the Word of God. It, it just makes a person excited from moment to moment, from day to day, from, from uh, you know, life uh, of living to, to life of living. Today, so much to be said, so much to be gotten into. Uh, last week, we talked about this word uh, cosmos. And like, for instance, in the book of uh, the Gospel of John, um, when the word world is used, there's only one time that the world, as used in the Gospel of John, uh, does not mean cosmos. Uh, it is a very, very important uh, uh, you know, word, and the revelation of it really became pronounced when John, James, uh, uh, and Peter went up to the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus Christ. And, and it was really there that the, the vastness of space, the vastness of the world, uh, was revealed to them in the Transfigurations. So, blessed be the name of God. Uh, I'm going to get into, you know, some terms today that are, you know, sort of, sort of mathematical, sort of, uh, you know, scientific. But um, 
let me let me say this to you. Uh, uh, if and I said this last week, like you are a very complex human bo- body being, you know, and uh, uh, the the extremities of complexity that that uh, have um, uh, have gone forward and evolved in your body are of such an intricate nature that uh, it takes high math to explain it biologically. And um, it, it is a complexity that is not simple, simplex. Uh, it is complex. So um, if you want to know, you know, some things that God wants you to know, then open your heart to understand by the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit can enable you to understand anything. And there's no limit. And we're going to talk about some really, really, really important things. The, the Bible also does say to, um, uh, you know, like of any person that might inquire of you, uh, to be, be able to study, to be, a, uh, study to be a workman that needeth not be ashamed. That's what the Bible says. Now study to be a workman that needeth not be ashamed. And be able to give an answer unto all men that may inquire of the hope that lies within you. This includes people that are into, you know, all kinds of, of um, you know, um, science, uh, chemistry, math, uh, what, you know, whatever, a philosophy, whatever, whatever it is, as well as Main Street uh, uh, people living in Main Street mentalities. And we're not knocking any of them. Uh, there are a lot of people with uh, very high uh, academic educations, but uh, they don't know as much as some of the people that have been trained by the Holy Spirit uh, and who really know the truth. So uh, uh, make room on your ship. Make room on your ship so that other people can come on board and some of these languages and terms that have to be used are to accommodate some of these other people. And if you're really a believer and you're a person who really cares about the salvation of all people, then um, you should just be willing to be courteous and, and, and say, you know, I don't quite understand some of those terms, but blessed be the name of God, uh, I'm going to just sort of uh, sit back and, uh, and, and let the Holy Spirit lead and guide me. Okay, now um, we, we want to, you know, talk about language because language is the medium uh, that enables us to understand many, many things. And we're dealing with language when we read the Bible. We're dealing with language when we commune with God. We're dealing with language uh, when we have uh, uh, communion with one another. Language is an absolutely essential aspect of us being able to move forward in the conscious uh, membranes of of, uh, our physical uh, brain and of our spiritual mind. So, blessed be the name of God for all of the Lord's goodness, because God is always prepared to to help us. Okay. All right. So, here's how I want to start this thing about, about... the language thing. I want to say that back in the Bible, uh, in Genesis 11.1, 1, I'm not going to turn there, but I'm just going to tell you about it, and you can turn. It says that uh, the whole earth was of one language. And then they began to build the tower. And they sort of decided that they wanted to know things about uh, the heavens. And uh, they were seeking to know it in a very uh, uh, earthly uh, physical, physiological, psychological way. 
and uh, they weren't really seeking God for how to know, and uh, and their intentions uh, for getting the knowledge was uh, not on the good side of things, and it was recognized by the Elohim, the angels, the the, the gods of of the Lord, who were part of the Lord of Hosts, that uh, these people were, uh, you know, of the capability that. Uh, Anything that came into their imagination, they would be able to do. Now, uh, let us take note of that, because that, that is something that is, is propounded uh, by the Word of God. And, and this thing about imagination is not something to, uh, to be dusted over and uh, put into the waste paper basket. Imagination has many, many aspects that are very uh, characteristic of, of things that, uh, that coincide with, with divine uh, revelation. And so we want to be very uh, careful how that we name things, how that we uh, put brands on things, how that we label things. Because when God is moving by his spirit, there are always surprises. Surprises of things revealed that that uh, you know, people thought they knew that they didn't know, and and so these revelations are absolutely important. Now we see that that the that the people were all in one language, and you can take your time some other time and read in Genesis eleven one and the verses that follow it. Uh, and then it, it, the scripture says that the Elohim conferred together and they said, let us go down. And so they went down, and of course we teach that they went down in Zis. And when they saw what was going on, uh, they, uh, re according to the Holy Manifest teachings, released these extremely high-frequency uh, type of sounds that 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 aberrated the hearing uh, or differentiated the hearing in different uh, people's ears. Uh, it, it it followed along the lines of genetic patterns. Uh, so it 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 uh, would it did this kind of changes in, in a group parallels. And um, uh, after that, the people were scattered and they began to speak uh, different languages according to the teaching in the Bible. Then uh, a great uh, span of time happens, uh, 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 occurs and, and passes by and until we get into the book of the chapter of Acts where the Bible says on the day of Pentecost there came a sound of a mighty rushing wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Uh, that, by the way, is Acts 2 and 1 through 13. The interesting thing about that, that uh, uh, experience was that it was an experience with language. And uh, we know that in the Old Testament, the Bible had promised that the day would come that God would give to the people uh, that were following him a pure language. And uh, we think that this pure language is quite um, exceptional to anything that we have on earth today. Uh, to even the experience that was received in Acts uh, chapter uh, 2 uh, on the Holy Spirit. But um, uh, that day is coming and we're working toward it. And if you want to be a part of this uh, superior insight, uh, some people say, you know, I, I, I want to get in the Holy Spirit. I want to be able to walk on water. I want to be able to walk through walls. And I want to be able to do all these kind of things. Well, I'll tell you something. It's just not a no-brainer that gets into those things. 
You know, when, when Jesus divided uh, the, the multitudes that came out to hear him minister, and he put them in groups of 50, and, and, the, and the various things that he did, uh, they, were, they were all absolutely uh, done uh, with, with a knowledge of the symbolism that he was portraying, and how that, that would connect to the actual uh, miracle of the event. And uh, so there are spiritual things that you need to know in order to be able to reap the benefits of that spiritual knowledge through uh, the uh, the climatic uh, uh, peaking of those physical uh, substances that you have to work with. Now, in getting into all of this and thinking about all of this and not overlooking this Acts 2 experience where people begin to speak in other tongues and means other tongues than what they normally spoke. So all of a sudden when outsiders were coming by and they heard the shouting and, and, and the speaking in tongues, uh, they were from, uh, you know, all di lots of different nations because that was sort of a mecca where people came, uh, you know, to trade and, and to buy spices and, and you know, the rare commodities or the, or the um, needed commodities that they needed to subsist. And um, they began to hear these people speaking in their tongues. And they were very surprised, some of them, because like, uh, they didn't expect some of them to find anyone that could speak in their tongue except maybe the little family group that came with them uh, there to Jer Jerusalem. But they began to hear these, these people speaking in tongues. Now, to those people, it was an unknown tongue. They didn't know what they were saying. But they were speaking in intelligent language that people that that were uh, characterized of those particular tongues uh they understood and and so the uh, the bible tells us there's many kinds of tongues even the tongues of angels and um we must not um uh, de accelerate uh that uh fact that is called upon to be augmented and and to be raised up you know so that it will lift us to high places and so that we can begin to deal out of the, out of the higher elements of our mind and these are things that god is leading his people to in this opening up of the universe and this revelation of the universe because there are incredible times ahead now if you're part of that group that believes that any day today tomorrow the end of the world is coming uh, <laughs> you 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 need to get off that cliff because it has nothing to offer you. <coughs> it is not salvation. It is not redemption. If you think that Jesus is coming any moment, well, that might happen for you personally if you're, you're, you know, you're getting ready to die of some disease and the Lord will come for you. But, but uh, that is not a world setting and there's no Bible for that even though there are all kinds of ministers and preachers that claim that there is. But never once has there ever been uh, a minister, a priest, or a scholar who has ever been able to show me anything different as to what this, the, the time element is because these people don't know the time element. They do not know the mystery of the time because they have not got the key. Because the Bible says that the keys of knowledge were taken away. And they were taken away from the people so that they could not get into the knowledge. And uh, But now God is saying, I'm restoring this knowledge. I want to restore it. So these are, are beautiful, wonderful things.
Uh, it said in the in the in the ninth chapter of uh, Hebrew, the twenty third verse. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. And what a person gets out of that particular uh, scripture is that there are three different levels there. There is the earthly happening uh, that is 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 used uh, as it puts it in here uh, to to. To uh, exhort a pattern of things in the heaven, but even those patterns in the heaven, which are still physical, uh, they themselves are not the ultimate uh, uh, end uh, point of the of the of the patterns symbolisms that are trying to point a language picture. And so there is another, uh, even higher, called heavenly spiritual type of of reality uh, that those uh, secondary. We have the first, the earthly. Then we have the we have the universal, and then we have it goes on above that, like what like the Bible says in in the book of. Um, uh, Ephesians that he ascended far above all the heavens. So we see all these different levels of consequences and consciousness and 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 um, uh, different levels of thirtyfold, sixtyfold, hundredfold understanding. And those are really really important. So as we begin to get into these patterns and we begin to understand that um, all these things are figurative of the, of what is the true and the ultimate uh but they have their pronunciations they have their applications uh according uh to the particular uh, uh, uh you know assignment of application that is being taught or that is meant to be understood at that time now we want to start this off with a little bit about you know about this thing about language because uh the language thing is so very very important we're going to do some pretty interesting uh news releases uh, uh to let people know about this um akava which uh is a uh, is uh we call it a hebrew word the only reason we call it a hebrew word is because for people that are looking up uh, the word in, say, for instance, the Strong's or Young's Concordance. Uh, in the Strong's Concordance, it is um, number 262, or pardon me, let's get that right, um, 268, and, uh, and it's in the Hebrew Dictionary. But it's actually a Chaldean word, and, uh, and it's uh, A-C-H-A-V-A-H, and we pronounce it Akava. And, um, and, and the meaning of that is solutions of riddles. So we have right in the Bible terms that are being used, and they are, in, they are incorporated in different words, and some of them belong to word roots. And these word roots, uh, you know, are, are uh, 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 derivatives of broken up, uh, 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 you know, Const, constants that uh, constants that that uh, uh, are are taken uh, apart and uh, and um, d divided uh, by syllable and and as they break down, so these consonants uh, have in them different roots, and I've taught that for fifty years or more. Uh, it's uh, been a very interesting uh, thing, but uh, uh, then we so we've got this akava, which means solution of riddles. Well, isn't that what the world needs to know today? 
the solution of riddles? And doesn't the Bible promise, as I, I mentioned earlier, that, that God is going to uh, restore the years that the cankerworm, the caterpillar, or the worm has eaten, and that there is going to be a pure language that God's people are going to learn? And, and, and you know, when you, you learn a new language, you don't just come in and out of a classroom. You have to sit there. You, you ha have to, to, to work at it to learn a new language. And if you people that are listening really want to learn this new language, uh, you may not understand it the first time you hear it or the second time you hear it or, or the third time you hear it. But I tell you this, that if you keep listening to these teachings, you keep listening to these, to these uh, revelations, the Holy Spirit is going to get a hold of you and it is going to open your mind. It's going to open the causeways. Uh, it's going to open uh, the, the way marks uh, so that you will have landmarks uh, in your brain that make note of these things and they become memories, living, living, living memories, you know. And uh, th there are so, ma so many things important, you know, like this, this term uh, uh, anth uh, entropy. Entropy uh, is, is, is um, uh, uh, you know, comes out of, the, uh, uh, of some of the scientific discoveries, uh, you know, uh, thermodynamics and that kind of thing. And it basically teaches that uh, the law of the universe, the law of nature, is that everything is on a path of diminishing. Is, is on a path of, uh, of becoming, uh, you know, less of what it was than when it started. Now, um, I do not believe that law. I don't believe that law. But I, I do not deny that, that there are actions of that law that are, that are happening in, in uh, uh, the universe and on earth and even in us physically. But I do not believe that that is the uh, pronunciation of the will of God and that was the original plan of God uh, uh, and, and the discovery of it is some glorified wonderful thing. Because uh, even the idea of complexities developing uh, is certainly not a, a diminishing and certainly not uh, a decreasing, uh, but it's actually an augmentation uh, of, of a person's um, uh, skills and benefits and, and, and uh, flexibilities uh, biologically. Uh, and, and then, of course, I say, well, you know, uh, what's happened here, the reason that you've got this, this uh, entropy is because uh, we have lost the tree of life. The tree of life was originally given to the to the world, and and if you eat of the tree of life, you would eat it, you would live forever. There was there was no uh, you know uh, diminishing there. Uh, it it was the opposite of entropy, and that was the plan. The plan from the beginning of the of the first uh, soul human. Now there were many millions of soul of non-soul humans before Adam. Adam was not the first human being; he was the first man with a soul. And and um, and we're not talking body soul. We're talking spirit soul. Okay, because even animals have body souls, but but spirit soul uh, that is something that is a birthright, and and it has spiritual attribute to it, and and so so we, we you know we we see that there was a plan that was given in the, in the beginning of these soul uh, 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 persons that that uh, that entropy was to have 
no <laughs> clout, no performance, no basis. Uh, it, it was not meant to be for people who were uh, to, to, to go on uh, for an eternal existence. But it was allowed for there to be that type of a thing that would or, uh, originally uh, keep in place uh, the populations of those less desired critters that... Uh, had a time and a purpose of being on earth, but weren't meant to inhabit inter eternity. And so, so uh, uh, but it is not the, the one and the all and ultimate statement of fact that was meant to be unbreakable. Uh, it, it, it is just a, um, a union in, the, in a joint uh, that is part of, uh, of what is what belongs to a lot of fracturing and uh, once we come to understand the fracturing and come to understand how how the pieces go together how they come apart and what parts within that that fracturing uh, are whole and and uh, and they are qualified within the the um, the the part that that they have uh, and that part that they have is superior to the other parts and um, so let's go on so when we look at this word akava, and it's, it's the solution of riddles, we've got a key here, ladies and gentlemen, a key that has been dismissed. And, and uh, it is uh, correspondent uh, to uh, uh, number 262 out of the Hebrews Dictionary. And it, and it basically means the, the sense and power of utterance. Uh, in the New Testament, it talks about a door of utterance was opened to me. Uh, you know, uh, you can talk, you can open your mouth, you can say things, but to have a door of utterance that um, unfolds the deep of the deep and, and unfolds, uh, you know, the things that belong to all the different levels, the 30-fold, the 60-fold, the 100-fold, that is, that is something else. And to be able to put these these uh, spiritual equations together, um, another term uh, two fifty eight in the Strong's uh, Hebrew Dictionary, uh, akad, uh, collect collect uh, one's thoughts, go one way or another. Now th th this is all part of this akava. You know, all these these words are you know they're cor uh, they're uh, correlated, and and so uh, there is connection with with uh, with thoughts uh with concentrating on you know um, going one way not being uh diversified in the sense that um you are collectively confused uh but but uh, uh you know putting all these things together there's also uh number 251 ak uh, which means a kindred, a brother, uh, and it also uh, relates to what we call the lost language of awe, and uh, it could be a h or a h i, and 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 this term uh, is a term that usually relates uh, to the Lord, uh, and and it, so it takes us all way way back in time to to the connections of, of, of kindred and to the connections with, with God uh, that are all part of this lost kindreds of God, lost uh, relationships, lost language, uh, lost knowledge, and uh, uh, it's very important. It's also connected 
with a, a, a word that seems to have a slight difference in the spelling uh, in 259, ekad. Uh, ekad, E-C-H-A-D, is still a related word, and it's related to 258, which is the one I just read you about collecting one's thought and going one way. And it basically is about a number. It, it, it's a revelation about number. So you have, you have you single, single numbers, uh, like one number, but you also have united numbers, numbers that are, are, are pluralistically uh, combined. So it doesn't just mean uh, a single uh, number. It can mean, uh, you know, all kinds of compositions that include uh, many numbers, uh, many uh, representations put together. Um, so what is this all about? You know, as it starts getting into these numbers and you begin to see the connection to that uh, and you begin to look at this door of utterance and, and all these things, you begin to realize that it's, it, it, is a, it is a revelation of the mystery of the time. Uh, it has within it the power of reiteration uh, so that, so that uh, the times uh, are a code uh, of, of words that lead uh, from one position of understanding to another, like in Daniel and Revelation, where it talks about the time, times, and a half times. Uh, you've got, in the, like in the Manifestor's uh, new math uh, called Logistical Rhythmatics, uh, that is definitely um, a revelation of the solution of riddles, because logistical rhythmatics, uh, you know, is is a uh, new kind of math that resolves all kinds of things. Uh, Lord willing, uh, I will be showing little dit tat tit tat toes of this, uh, you know, in the future, uh, so that people can get an idea of what that kind of uh, total revelation, you know, really is, really is not. Now. Let's look. We, 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 we sort of left off last week with Psalms 9. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I don't mean we end it with that, but I mean we, we never got into any big explanation of it. And where it says uh, in Psalms 9.16, The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. Now, in the uh, uh, Peace uh, Manifest Bible, that is uh, translated uh, uh, instead to the Lord is known um, by the purposes of his creations. Uh, but the wicked are snared in the works of their own hands. Higion Sela. And we says, hey, look at this. We got Higgs right here in the Bible. And it's spelled H-I-G-G. A-I-O-N, and uh, Higion. And this thing with, with uh, Higgs and Sila are both very, very, very important words. And I want to talk just a little bit about them before I get into all this other deep of things. But it really is about, you know, uh, the lost language of Eka and, um, and, and the enfolded revelation of fragments uh, that belong to lost truths and and that that belong to regenerations going back uh, a long time in space uh, you know you have uh, like in strong's uh, Hebrew dictionary uh, accordance eight six 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 Shabbat or Teshabah. and uh, a uh, it has to do with a reference in time or place uh, to be expired uh, but returned to life again 
uh, and that's connected with Strong's uh, Hebrew 7725 Shub, uh, to turn back, to recall, to render again, to restore, to, to back again. Um, this is, uh, you know, uh, all incorporated within the aspect of regeneration, because the very aspect of the restoration of the language uh, uh, has within it the constitution of regeneration, and and uh, that is something that we must not let go of. We must not release. We must not uh, take lightly. We must not think of it as being unimportant because uh, it is simply not not of that nature. So if we look at things like the ancient meanings of the name Sila, uh, because that uh, is quite a name. I mean, let's face it. That that. That is absolutely outstanding as a name. And um, we look at Jude uh, 14, and also, um, as refers to Methuselah, uh, we find uh, in the, in the uh, Strong's Greek uh, 2532 that the two words and and also express a cumulative force in our connection with such terms as meaning additional, as in both, moreover, and likewise. Since uh, Jude 14 begins as a statement of genealogy, it contains the contextual character that and, as well as also, hiddenly discloses uh, in the meaning as being Methuselah. And so, if a person doesn't understand simple little words like uh, and and also uh, where those words have been uh, patterned and used in a specific kind of way that allows them for a certain uh, definition of difference and as a derivative of something that is uh, hidden and needs to be disclosed, then the people just miss out on all kinds of things. Now, we also have, uh, like where it talks about Enoch, uh, E-N-O-C-H, seventh from Adam. And we know that when Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah, uh, that, that that's when his whole life began to change. There was something about Methuselah that, that touched the cords of, of, of a parallel ministry and, and of a higher mind a revelation uh, and his birth just uh, brought forth uh, the son brought forth uh, the ministry that was needed to be connected with Enoch uh, so that he could you know walk with God and one day not be because God had taken him and and of course we don't have the time to disclose all the power of that you know but uh, but um, uh, you know, in some of the terms, the unusual terms, uh, you know, where it talks about these things, there's a lot of different words that, wow, we could just get on to and and, and compound them uh, with all kinds of uh, wonderful meanings. Like this word Methuselah has in it the word Sila. Now, I know that uh, some of the scholars get into the uh, the stratas of of that last part of the spelling of Methuselah, and uh, they do not uh, make a connection of the Sila, uh, you know, Methu uh, that that we do. But um, 
in 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 the in the long of having the uh, the opportunity to share the terms that the Bible really teaches and and that the uh, uh, the termino- uh, t- uh, terms of of uh, definitions are clear. Uh, once we get a chance to show that to people, uh, it's uh, it, it's quite important. So. Um, so when we get into this thing about Methuselah, uh, someone might say, well, what's that got to do with this thing about Higion and Selah? Well, that's what we're trying to show you here. You know, uh, uh, we, we know that, that there's so many different revelations. Go to now, fly with the chariots. Uh, fly with chariots. Uh, look at Psalm sixty-eight, seventeen, as it, as connected to uh, Deuteronomy thirty-three, two. Psalm sixty-eight, seventeen. The chariots of God are twenty thousand, thousands of angels. The word, the spelling of this angels here, of the word angel is different here than any other place in the Bible. Uh, we don't need to get into that right now, but it definitely is connected to the Methuselah. Uh, to the Enoch uh, revelation, and and also to them uh, to in addition to uh, Methuselah and Enoch, uh, you have Melchizedek, and uh, so when people say, you know, what does it mean uh, in the tenth chapter, I think it is of, of John, when it talks about uh, as quoting Jesus saying, "Other sheep I have not of this fold." The fold he's talking about is the Abrahamic fold. You know, because there was a covenant made with that. Now there's there is a another group uh, that is not of the Abrahamic fold. Why? How? How could that possibly be? Well, because the children of Enoch were taken up uh, before the flood and before uh, uh, you know um, Abraham was was born. And uh, so Jesus exclaims that fact when he said one time, "Before Abraham, I am," and uh, this whole connection there of that revelation is a Melchizedek because the scripture also says in Hebrew after the order of Melchizedek so when Jesus said before Abraham I am he's connecting himself with Melchizedek who was before Abraham when you connect yourself with Abraham who was before Abraham then you are really opening up a wand of fire and that wand of fire is a glowing sun I mean and it begins to it begins to give life and insight and 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 make things that were in part to be whole and make things that were dampened to be dry and make things that were lost to be found uh it is an exciting uh, jewelry box of the greatest proponents uh, of of uh, revelation of, of restoration as to uh the new language that god is bringing into the minds of people and so now we've got you know the people who the, who Jesus said uh, in in Matthew 24 uh, he said uh, as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the com- coming of the Son of Man and the question is what was it that happened in the days of Noah that is the same as he's about to describe uh, in the days of the Son of Man. And then he describes it and says, you know, there, there, there will be some uh, two in the field, one taken, one left, two at the mill, one taken, one left. And then it, it ties into these uh, angels uh, being sent to gather the elect from the four corners of the earth. And so this whole event, it says, happened before uh, in the days of Noah. And and now we understand that it was 
Enoch and and the offspring of Enoch, uh, and you know these are people that were like like related to Noah, and and while there was eight people that were saved by water, there was many many persons of the Enoch clan that were saved by air because they were taken up in Ziths, you know, and 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 so we are beginning to you know get into marvelous revelation, uh, you know. Um, in the Holy Manifest Revelation, when um, uh, I received that Holy Manifest Revelation, there's a place in this uh, chapter called A Time to Plant. And it tells about the uh, the angels, uh, the Ophanim, leaving the first domain. And there was also the cherubim and the seraphim. And, and they they have to take you know, physical bodies in order, to, in order to be expressed physically. So they take these physical bodies and they also uh, are in starships. They're in these starships. And, and uh, there have been recent discoveries in ancient languages that are verifying uh, these things about ancient uh, starships and astronauts. I mean, uh, even the ship Argo, which is one of the constellations, has a whole story in it about a, a heavenly ship. And 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 uh, it's all tied in uh, to the story of the coming one, uh, who is uh, understood by all Christians that are into that type of knowledge as as speaking about Jesus Christ. Uh, so all these things are are warranted by the Spirit of God as as having guaranteed value to cause people uh, to tower in God and to become pillars in the church. It is the most wonderful uh, expressway uh, that has ever been made uh, once a person gets on it and sees that this language, it, it will take you higher and higher and and higher and higher in God. Praise the name of the Lord. So let me go on. So this event happens, and that is what it's talking about. And then these are the other children. So, so people say, well, the, are those the aliens? Well, you can call them aliens if you want, but you know they were taken to live in, at the Father's house. They were taken away from the flood. Someone says, oh, no, they were just taken to another part of the earth. Well, obviously, then, you don't believe that the whole earth was drowned by the flood. Uh, so you just believe in a partial theory there because you've been listening to some, geni uh, you know, uh, some geology uh, that has been based on the wrong geology. Uh, uh, geological timetable uh, we show that the, that the flood actually happened you know uh, 10 to tw uh, 10 to 13,000 years uh, uh, earlier than what people in the in the Bible have been teaching that it occurred and so when the whole truth gets to be known it's incredible so these angels come they take these ships and they go out to, to, the, to the galaxy and this is before there is an earth and the Bible talks about that it talks about wisdom in Proverbs and it says before there was an earth before uh, there were mountains, before there was a foundation, before all of these things, before Genesis, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and, and wisdom came and got involved in this creations. And in the Job 38, it talks about the angels shouting for joy, being so excited, you know. And so the, uh, the word in the Holy Manifest talks about this, this star called Astrodon and how that these angels uh, exploded this star 
and from the fracturing of that star, uh, the Earth, the Sun, uh, you know, the Moon, the planets in in this solar system, and you know some of the uh, uh, asteroids and things like that, uh, asterisms and what have you, uh, were all formed from that that great explosion. Well, you know, for a long time there was nothing in science or, or nothing uh, that people were talking about that, but as of uh, uh, fairly recent, there has been uh, acknowledgement that it's totally possible that some gigantic star exploded and all of the things in this galaxy, including the sun, uh, came from that star. And I just said, praise the name of God. God's word is true. God's word is real. When God speaks, it's the way he says it is. And of course, is there scripture for this? Sure there is. Do you have a couple ages of time? Uh, I'll be glad to explain uh, all these over 50 books I've written and thousands of videos and tapes that I've done and all these other writs that I've done. You know, if you got some ages of time, uh, you know, but if you, you're, you know, getting ready to head out the back door, uh, well, I'll meet you in eternity. God bless you. We love you anyway. All right, let's go on. So this thing with Melchizedek is about these other people. These 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 uh, people that come from Artura and, and they're in their cysts, you know, up there in the, the atmospheres of, of our earthly heavens, uh, you know, they're humans. And sure, they've got androids and they've got robots that look quite different than they do. Uh, and some people get confused as they visualize these things in their visions. Oh, right. Talking fast because this really isn't the subject. It's just, you know, an inset. So this thing with Sila is connected to all that because it's connected to Methuselah, and, and, and the revelation of Methuselah is, uh, you know, quite outstanding. And, um, you know, um, it, it, it ties in, you know, to, to the word witness. Uh, it, you know, it ties into the word rock as a witness. And, um, uh, you know, the rock is my witness, uh, which, which uh, you might check that out in Habakkuk 3.13. A wise person builds his house upon a rock, Matthew 7.24.25. Open this rock, I will build my church. Uh, upon this rock, I will build my church, Matthew 16.8.19. House of prayer made a den of thieves, you know, uh, and and that was Mark eleven fifteen through seventeen, and the rock in the wilderness was Christ, First Corinthians ten ten uh, uh, four. So um, uh, you know God uh, is you know moving by His Spirit, and uh, and 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 He's He's beginning to open up these manifold meanings. Now uh, Methuselah lived nine hundred and sixty nine years or we call it 969 revolutions of time and and uh and he lived right up to the to the great flood and then he was taken uh with the rest of the uh, uh the offspring of Enoch uh to the father's house and um, um it's just all extremely interesting and beautiful and and uh so forth okay interpretations of the name of sila sila's name has been given several interpretations uh it's been uh, a methuselah methuselah sila in the name methuselah has been given several interpretations the name branch the name writer's inkhorn and the son of a zith uh and um as branch uh uh, the last part of the name Sila uh, is by oral tradition taught in the Targum to mean forever. In Psalms 55, 19 uh, 
to the term is combined with the word old, preceding it to the old sila, meaning before the world. The word translated to the King uh, J.V., uh, old, uh, as in Strong's Hebrew 6924, uh, kedim, uh, or just kedim, uh, meaning aforetime, anciently, eternal, everlasting, and, um, and, and so forth. So, uh, I mean, there is just so much here. Uh, it, it's absolutely incredible. Um, <coughs> a, 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 a scholar, J uh, Jerome, said, Wheresoever Sila is put, there we may know what follows as well as what precedes belongs not only to the present time, but to eternity. We begin to see from some of these wordings, from some of these insights, that there's incredible interlocked uh, meanings. Uh, Sila comes from Strong 7973, uh, Shalak, uh, meaning branch, uh, which is a name equivalent, is equivalent to Jah or, or Yah. Uh, we don't use the J's really anymore. We use the Y's for Yah instead of Jah. Uh, and uh, we can find that in Isaiah 11.1, 1, Jeremiah 23.5, Jeremiah 33.15, uh, Jeremiah 33.15, Zechariah 3.8, and Zechariah 6.12. Then the writer's inkhorn is written about in Ezekiel 9.2. And, uh, and, 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 you know, we've got really a, a, a picture of Methuselah coming back and being uh, on earth uh, doing a, a work because he really is the angel, uh, you know, with the writer's inkhorn. And his job is to, to record and and to keep a record of 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 things happening of of a certain nature and uh, that's that is his job and uh you know this actually also uh, gets involved in going back to an to ancient re uh, uh writings that are much further back in time than the samaritans and some of the other groups that people have thought were the first ones uh, to produce the uh, pictogram type of writing but there there was a more ancient type of writing that preceded them and you know this is all part of the revelation we ultimately want to expand upon and then that brings us to the Higgs particle <laughs> the Methuselah uh, Higion uh, you know that we just uh, read to you in chapter 9 verse 16 uh, of Psalms and and um, you know there's there's been a lot of a uh, lot of uh, interest in that there was a, a, a quite a great uh, scholar uh, who was involved in uh, Cyclopedia Biblical Literature, and um, he uh, was Ewall, and and uh, of course there was McClintock, and and uh, there was uh, Strong's, and and th and they, they regarded the Higion Sila as a full term of musical expression. They put the Hila, the you know the the Higion and Sila together, and and it was like a universal uh, musical expression. And and obviously about the components of creation, and uh, so that's why in Psalms nine sixteen the you know the rendering as I was giving it comes from that kind of a, of a deeper search of, of meaning, uh, and 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 it is a comparative between creation and the music of that creation. Uh, interesting, uh, the strings theorist uh, that are uh, developed that thing about their concepts of strings for the universe that's all based sort of on a, a, path, a path, um, uh, the the um, 
the ideas of another great philosopher, uh, Pythagoras. And Pythagoras uh, was into the music of the spheres and, and, and uh, all the meanings of music as it, it was combined as a spiritual art. And so it, it was quite, quite incredible. Uh, and so when we see this combination, uh, that it has to do with the very uh, the very sound and in the revelation of our uh, insight that God has given us to the soundtron, which 19th chapter of Psalms, 10th chapter of Romans, where it talks about in the in in the uh, book of Genesis, uh, book of Psalms, as being the line that goes out into all the universe. There is no place that it has not gone. And in Psalms, uh, pardon me, in um, uh, the book of um, of Romans, chapter 10, being the sound and and it having a message and there isn't anybody on earth that has not heard that message uh you know incredible you know the sound tron we call it and and uh, you know it 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 is uh you, you know very very neat uh, we talked about the higgs uh uh particle called the god particle being a cousin to the soundtron and maybe we'll have time to get into that just a little bit more but uh but but you know whenever sila is seen uh, it is always a contraction, an abbreviation for Methuselah. And it means the full name. And whenever Selah is used in Psalms, it is understood to include the term Higion. Higion is always understood to accompany Selah as a part of a phase which meaning, uh, meaning had until now been lost. Thus, Selah always signifies uh, Methuselah Higion, meaning long live Yah, uh, who records and and uh, or who, or who records the the word of Yah, and um, so you know there's there's some absolutely beautiful stuff there as we would get into the the dignitary uh, ministry that Methuselah has, um, you know, on earth as a bearer of the the writer's inkhorn and who's involved in this this ministry. All right, we've got to move on here. Uh, so much to cover, and time is just a running. I see that, and I am just barely getting uh, going here on the things that, that I want to say. Um, let's do just a real, real fast uh, review of a few things we covered last week. I'll, I'll make it, you know, pretty fast. But uh, we were big into the, you know, in to the uh, translation and to the transfer, uh, 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 you know, like like uh, uh, of of words. And uh, we were showing how that um, one of the words that is. Um, used to uh, be uh, and translated as world actually means vanishing point forever so that when it's talking about a world it's actually talking about a duration of time uh, that is a forever and that a forever is the whole duration of time that is that is referred as being the life of a universe Occasionally, it is referring only to a star as the life of a star, uh, which is also a great expanse of time. And um, and as we you know begin to to to, uh, to get into that, um, we begin to realize that that the uh, as it said in Genesis one fourteen, the sun is a light, and it was created for signs, for seasons, for days, for years, and and so that we are in star time. 
and uh, and we could you could look at some of the scriptures Psalm 72 5 Psalms 82 uh, pardon me Psalm 72 5 Psalms 89 through 37 Psalms 139 5 through 9 and uh, and we see where there's a thousand years in the sight of God you know and and uh, it's just like a day and we we get uh, Psalms uh, 94 and second Peter 3 8 uh, for those scriptures we get the fact that that is is actually a covenant and that it is not is a non-breakable covenant as described in Galatians 3:16 Galatians 3:16 19 and 23 so um uh that is not just new testament ideas Deuteronomy 7:9 talks about the commandments to a thousand uh, generations as does Psalms 105:8 so uh this stuff about you know the world, the cosmos, the universe, is is 100% uh, percent, uh, urgently a message that God wants the people who are following him to know and to understand. And so it's very important that you listen to this out. And you, you, you know, for God so loved the cosmos, is how the, the original word really says it. You know, and Christ is the savior of the cosmos, our universe. And... Um, and uh you know uh it goes on and on and on with uh uh with with these uh these revelations that we we must not we must not absolutely must not sell short because they are important last week i was talking about the word world uh and i talked a little about that earlier about how that in john there was only one time they used the word world that did not interpret as meaning cosmos. We also noted in Matthew 4, 8, Satan takes Jesus to show him the kingdoms of the universe. And, uh, you know, and, and that, the word for universe there in the Greek is found uh, 2889, meaning cosmos. And it does not, it's not talking about the kingdoms of this earth. And then I said, you know, in 5.4, you are the light of the universe. That's uh, Matthew 5.14. Uh, and on and on and on, we, we, we were just, you know, uh, uh, Matthew twenty four fourteen preached unto all of the world, uh, you know, and um, we look at this as, um, as the earth being a part of the universe, and, and uh, uh, so we see that it has both carriage uh, as meaning the earth world, but it's also as meaning as it being a part of the universe. And, and, and then we find out that... Um, that uh, there's these uh, other scriptures, like in uh, Matthew 26:13, which actually says, "Preach unto the whole world," and that particular term, "world," being 28:89, uh, meaning cosmos. Uh, so the earth is not the whole world; it is only a small fraction of the world. But it is it is a part of the world. Then we ta taught about the end of the world uh, using uh, the uh, Hebrews um, uh, Strong's Concordance Dictionary 165, which means forever. And how interesting it was that the translators used a term that actually is is the term forever to be a term that describes the universe. You know, uh, and th that it is a it is made to last forever. This gets us into star time, as we mentioned there in Genesis uh, one fourteen. So uh, you know, um, 
uh, we, we, there is just so much. Uh, Luke 170, since the world began, that's also uh, uh, number 165 in Strong's uh, Hebrew Concordance and means forever. And, uh, and uh, you know, and then in Luke 925, if you gain the whole universe but lose your soul, what have you got? That shows how universal this calling of what belongs to our peace, what belongs to our eternal life, our soul, how that that, that is uh, a subject that is a universal subject. It's not just you know, a, 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 a small half of a, of a fraction of a particle called the, 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 the earth. Uh, it, it is uh, much greater and more vast than that. So, uh, you know, okay, uh, got to keep moving here. Lots of important stuff to cover, uh, you know. Uh, but other scriptures all through the Bible of this thing showing about the universe, uh, about reconciling this universe to himself, Second Corinthians 5.17. Um, beg, my, beg my pardon again. Second Corinthians 5.19. Uh, and... Um, uh, and Second Corinthians one twelve, our conversation in the universe, and uh, and all of the things that that have uh, to do with uh, so many different scriptures. I just don't have the time to read them all. I'll stop right there for right now, and uh, let's uh, let's continue on. Um, okay, yeah, we talked about you are the light of this universe and all of that. We covered that. Okay, now we want to get into uh, to the subjects like of um, of space. You know, they, they've they've called it the vacuum, and um, and since we're talking about the Higgs uh, particle, the God particle, uh, then you know, I mean, we need to know uh, some things about that and exactly what that unfolds and what that means. And and but as we talk about space, uh, we could think in terms of God holds. God holds, H-O-L-D-S, the universe in the palm of his hands. And we think uh, of, of the universe being pretty small in that comparative. <coughs> Praise be to God. All right. God's breath, um, God breathes in the medium of space um, of the universe uh, by his Holy Spirit. And... Um, he, which is always travailing for creation uh, that can be raised to live free from matter and develop a consciousness that can commune with the I am. So those are things that we can't forget and understand the purpose of the universe, you know, because the scientists haven't figured that out yet. Well, what's the purpose of it? It's just all an accident, perhaps, you know. So this, the, the medium of space, I like to call it, is an intervening substance or agency for transmitting or producing an effect. And uh, so as we, we start getting into the Bible's revelation, what does the Bible say that the universe is? What does the, the Bible uh, show us uh, about God possessing space as a medium? Um, one of the things that I wanna, want to make a point here and make sure that you understand this, there is a thing called pantheism, and pantheism is not what we believe. Pantheism basically believes that the universe is God, and, and they don't see there being any kind of a God, a personal God. They don't believe in a personal God. They just believe that 
the nature of the universe is what God is. That is not what the manifestors believe. We do not believe that. So when I'm doing some of these teachings, it may seem sometimes as I talk about the elements that God is, is using and involved in, uh, that I'm talking pantheism, but I am not. I am not into pantheism, do not believe in it. Just want to make that uh, clear so that, uh, you know, uh, you, don't, you don't get that, uh, you know, uh, confused. Praise God. Um, there's a lot of things that Hawking, he was, you know, he's still alive. He's the wheelchair scientist and, uh, you know, a brilliant man. Uh, there's some things that he said that's interesting, some things he said that's not interesting. But um, one of the things that he said, uh, Hawking said, man must colonize space or die. And when we look at the uh, 51st chapter, the 16th verse of Isaiah, where the Bible says, I have put these words in your mouth. Uh, that 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 you might plant the heavens from the foundations of the earth. Once again, words in the mouth, communication to know, to have knowledge of, to have wisdom, to be able to express. And and uh, so there are people though that are do understanding that it is a design, it is a plan of God that we are to go out as I read you the scripture in Luke and preach the gospel. It, that is also repeated in in the in the sixteenth chapter of Mark. Go into all the world, the cosmos the universe and preach the gospel all right okay so we just got to keep moving here uh now um we're, we're gonna we're going to look at uh, some interesting things but just before we um, we go on and we, since i mentioned hawking um you know <clears throat> he wrote uh, something that was, uh, you know, take a mathemati mathematical uh, genius to, to figure all these things out. But uh, he, he no doubt was a mathematical genius, is a mathematical genius. Um, he wrote that uh, after the Big Bang, and he's a believer in the Big Bang, that the universe exploded, you know, it was all compressed, and then it exploded. He says that if the rate of, of expansion if the rate of expansion one second after the Big Bang had been smaller by even one part in a hundred thousand trillion, now let me repeat that and say it slower. If the rate of expansion, like you know, something blows, explodes, and then the the the, the, the debris begins to go out into the air, into space, he says if the rate of expansion of that explosion had been even one part in a hundred thousand million smaller. If it had been smaller than even one part in a hundred thousand trillion, get this right, smaller than one part in a hundred thousand trillion, the universe would have recollapsed before it reached its present size. If the rate of expansion had been slightly higher then the galaxies would have never formed. So when people begin to look at this and the scientists begin to look at this and they say, wow, this is just a sheer chance of good fortune that this very, 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 very narrow proposition happened exactly the way it did. And it's just, it was just a chance, a fluke. And... Um, 
And one of the problems that we've got going right now is that there are a lot of atheists that are scientists and astronomers and chemists and biologists. It doesn't mean there aren't some real Christians in there too, but there's some really mainliners, uh, well-known persons that, you know, and uh, so they're trying to explain how that they can come up with something because, you know, uh, the Christians right away, when they saw this real narrow confine uh, of time, they said, okay, that means that the Big Bang, when it happened, there were there were already laws of God that were coded into what the effects of that Big Bang was going to happen. And, and that one part in 100,000 trillion was already factored in. And, and that rate of expansion, uh, you know, um, uh, was already factored in for the, for the, for the uh, galaxies to be formed. So that proves that there's a God. So, so, you know, some of the scientists who are atheists don't like that. So they're trying to come up with, you know, creation that you don't need God for there to be a creation. And, and right now they're coming up with these multiple universes. Uh, which is an act of desperation uh, to to somehow show that there didn't need to be a god, and uh, and and these are just speculative ideas uh, in the string theory uh, uh, that they are coming up with, and there is not a single solitary experiment to support that and to give it proof or give it verification. So these people have nothing to say when we come from the Bible. And we show, as I'm going to show today, some of these spectacular things. Uh, they, they really have nothing to say because uh, their models uh, don't have anything like this uh, 100,000 uh, trillion part uh, that, that uh, if, if it had been any smaller than that, the universe would have collapsed or the explosion that was becoming the universe would have collapsed. Uh, and... and, 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 uh, and anything di different than other factors uh, the, the uh, galaxies could not have formed and um, but you know uh, we're, we're showing that there there was a, a, a requirement for there to be pre-existing laws of physics put in there by God that made those things happen that way and and it's it's, it's just wondrous when we start getting into these these revelations okay now I, I want to you know I want to get into some really neat stuff here, and and this is this is incredible stuff. So hang on, um, um, I want to get into this revelation of um, you know what is space, what is space, what does God have to do with it, what uh, is the purpose of of, of all these things. Well, let's look at Jeremiah 23:24. In Jeremiah 23:24 it says, "Can any person hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him?" saith the Lord. "Do not I fill heaven and earth." Now, I want to say that there's a scripture that says, "Where may I go from God? If I fly to the highest, you know, most separated regions of the heavens, if I go to the lowest hell, he is there. There is no boundary in the universe. We're not talking first domain. We're not talking heaven of heaven right now. But there is no boundary that his spirit has, does, does not have a presence. 
and 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 is that an incredible thing? Yes, it is. But you know, most people have heard. I mean, surely most people have heard that are called Christians that God is omnipresent. Now, what does omnipresent mean? That means that there is no place that God's present is not there. So if someone tries to tell you, well, you know, I don't think that God has anything to do with space. Uh, you know, that's just empty. That's the vacuum. And, and you know, he's, he's not there unless he has a particular reason to specifically go there. Don't listen to that kind of, of corruption. Because God is omnipresent. So his spirit is everywhere. His spirit is everywhere. There is no place, whether the highest frontiers of the universe or the lowest hell of the black holes of the universe, God is there. Okay? That's scripture. And again, Jeremiah 23, 24. Can any person hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Saith the Lord. Do not I fill, F-I-L-L, heaven and earth? God, God, spirit, fills the heaven and the earth. Now, may I remind you of, you know, some scientific facts that have come out, and, and we're, you know, we're going to be talking more about this, but I doubt that I'll be able to get to it today, but where it talks about uh, dark energy and dark matter, and, and there's only like 4 to 5% of the rest of the universe that is not dark energy or dark matter. And that's where your stars and, and, and you know, the matter and, and, and atoms and various uh, stellar uh, accretions, accretions are. And so, you know, this part that the scientists are dealing with only represents a fourth to a fifth of the universe. Because they don't know what the rest of it is at all. And they haven't figured out what that fourth or fifth is, although, you know, they've done some marvelous things and come up with some marvelous some points. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, in Job 26, 13, by his spirit he has garnished the heavens. His hand has formed the crooked serpent. Now, the crooked serpent is talking about, a, uh, you know, a constellation of the serpent. But the other part of it is his spirit has garnished the heavens. And, and garnished from, um, uh, you know, the Hebrew uh, dictionary of the uh, Strong's Concordance, 8231, <coughs> excuse me, means to glisten, to be fair, corresponds to 8232, to be beautiful. So we've got some, something neat here. We're, the Bible is saying that there is something that God's Spirit does. And it's doing it on a constant basis. It affects the universe in such a way that it has to do with the stars that glisten. And I could go deep into that word glisten and all the atomic uh, meanings of that. It has something to do with the, with the constellations, the stars in which, you know, uh, they are even formed a certain way because it's sort of like God writing in, in uh, you know, the space of the, of the universe. He writes in the stars. He writes the message of the, of the gospel in the stars. And, and, and uh, so he's very present. In 8064 of, of he, the Hebrew uh, Strong's Concordance, Shabbat uh, means to be lofty, the sky, higher 
the, the higher ether where the celestial bodies revolve. So this is talking obviously in Job 26.13 about the universe and that God, a spirit, has an effect. Now, some people say, yeah, but, you know, you have to separate the spirit from the physical world. And that's what the scientists do. They don't want anything that has to do with spirit and, and that kind of language. Uh, they don't want that. You know, so we have to, we have to be aware of that. Uh, so let me just turn here to something. Okay, here we go. Um, and and this, is, uh, uh, this is very interesting. It says, um, in Acts 17, uh, 28, in him we live, we move, and have our being. What does that mean? You live on earth, you live in the universe. And I just read the scripture that says that his spirit fills the heaven and the earth. And now when you connect that with, um, with Acts 17.28, it says, In him we live, we move, and have our being. So what does that mean? Well, he's just saying here, look, anywhere that you are at on the earth or anywhere that you are at in this whole universe, you are under the shadow of God. You're under the canopy of God. God is in, he's omnipresent. He's in everything. And like I said in Psalms 19 and, 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 and uh, uh, Romans 10, uh, that there is no place that you can go that his voice is not heard. There's no place that you can go that the line does not touch, that the sound is not heard. Wow, pretty neat. Pretty neat. Okay, so um, let's look at then at that and mark that down. That's Acts 17.28. In him we live, we move, and have our being. We preached on this a while, a while back. The body without the spirit is dead. And at the time I was doing that teaching, I said, now, if the body without the spirit is dead, I said, you can apply that to the universe the, as a body because, you know, it certainly falls within that category. And you could say the universe without the spirit is dead. And you would have a revelation there. Wow. And that's in James 2.26. Now, we don't always know what the world is or what these things are, but science have broken down uh, a lot of, of these things mathematically into fields, magnetic field, you know, uh, all these different kinds of fields. Um, uh, the Hebert space, which, which has its fields and so forth. But what does the Bible do? Well, in Matthew 13.38, Matthew 13.38 says, the field is the world, and the word world there is cosmos. So we have a scripture here that tells us that there is a term here which is used mathematically by scientists all the time and cosmologists all the time, field. 
Now, one of the problems that scientists have had is they see nothing relevant that spirit has to do with the universe. And so that word is almost an abomination uh, to be considered as a word to, to be used to figure anything about the universe. They just think that just belongs to religion. But here's where the lost language of Akka has been such a damaging thing to the world. They have lost the tree of life. They have lost the, the language of God. And so uh, they have, you know, this sort of an anti-feeling uh, toward things like spirit. But they don't understand that the, that the, the universe, if they are ever going to understand it, they're going to have to get into to the relationships of, of spirit because without the spirit, the universe is dead. And why is it that that the scientists, the astrologers, and uh, uh, or, or the astronomers, pardon me, and, and, and all these other uh, uh, sciences like physics, why can they not really ever figure the true solution? Why can they not solve the riddle? Because it's a language barrier. And they don't want to use terms like spirit because they don't understand how to translate that. They don't understand... And and this is one of the things that um, the manifester, I, the manifester, am going to do, uh, in, you know, in the course of time, as I have the time, I'm going to present this language in which I actually take a term like spirit, and we use the mathematical term like like um, uh, field, uh, which explains the universe, and then we show how that that can be connected by the glistening effects that fills all the universe. When I was uh, uh, ministering in Indiana, and I was I was walking out in the backwoods, and God spoke to me and said, "Jerry, everything is a crystalline lattice," and I thought, "What?" Everything is a crystalline lattice. And I, that was when I first began to get the revelation of, of the lattice. I didn't even know that there was an atomic lattice. I didn't know all these different things of, of the crystalline uh, geometrical shapes of, of, uh, of gems and, and uh, jewelry uh, in, 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 in that sense of the lattice. Well, it's just absolutely awesome. It's awesome as we begin to put all these things together, you know, uh, and and where it says the field is is the is the universe. That term that he used, the field, he said that's the universe that we're talking about. That's the field. So now we begin to look at these terms, and and we begin to realize that uh, that there are. Uh, there are uh, relation, uh, relational and relative uh, uh, equivalents. Uh, like, for instance, um, one night I was, uh, I was doing some uh, you know, study, and all of a sudden this figure came to me. X-T-7-G. The T and the G were caps. Everything was a cap. cap. X-T-7-G-C-C-C. So I put it up on the computer, and and in that uh, resultant, I found relative equilibrium by point vortices, vortices 
on the uh, uh, sphere uh, contents. And I also found then the idea of lattice being used uh, in an abstract way to describe uh, phase space. And, um, and I thought, wow, uh, is that ever interesting? Uh, you know, because eventually I, I want to display that. I want to show how that when we talk about Psalms 19 and how the line goes out and, and throughout all the universe and there are abstract lines, there are vertical lines, horizontal lines, and, uh, and there are lattice net uh, vortices. And, uh, and then we can take uh, like the X vortice as a curved lattice that is, that is spherical. Uh, we can take the X, uh, uh, you know, uh, as a, as a free, uh, as free cur uh, curves uh, times inver inverted magnetism. And I was uh, looking at all this and said, okay, then why then could not we do language in, uh, conversions and inversions so that sound equals mass and lines equal vortices and, 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 and strata equals dimensions and quantum equals structures? And, and when we get into, uh, you know, uh, Hebrews, it talks about the, the, that, that, the, that the worlds were framed uh, by, by the word of faith. And so we got this thing, this thing about frame, and uh, and we've got these uh, scriptures uh, that that tell us about uh, how that um, you know uh, that the the, the kingdom uh, or the the heavens are are like a, a net. They are likened into a a net. And uh, so we begin to see what a net, well, you know, that's got the, the vertical and the hor horizontal lines. So they're like a lattice. And then if you go back to the Old Testament, I could do many, many teachings and sermons on that in which we would uh, get involved to the, the grills that were used and they had holy significance uh, uh, and that were made a certain way and how that this is actually telling us a picture of the lattices that exist and, and, and they're all part of the various kinds of, of, of uh, symmetries that you have in nature. And uh, so it, it, it is very, very 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 interesting uh, as a person begins to get into the the spirit of order because there is a spirit of order and uh, and and you know um, uh, they begin to understand uh, as mathematicians begin to develop on their uh, math and try to try to configure it so that it could explain everything that there were times that when you're talking about atoms of a certain kind uh, that slide in and out of spins and out of lattice vec uh, vector, uh, vectors uh, that some of them did not have any sign of being a positive or a negative. And, and uh, so they begin to see that there's just so many different kinds of applications and changes that it's almost uh, mind-boggling to, to even begin to come into the understanding of the power of all those things. It's just absolutely uh, fantastic, you know. Now, um, for instance, now, be, par be, be patient with me, folks, on some of these mathematical things. But any exponent of I that is a multiple of four will equal 
1. Any exponent, exponent not divisible by 4 will equal negative 1. So it shows that when you begin to get into the multiplicity of things, that you can show a relationship there that changes a component from a negative to a positive and vice versa. And, and that there is a, a, a gigantic uh, a versatile aspect, you know, that, that, is in, that is involved here beyond what anything can imagine. You know, when we, we talk about Isaiah 51.1, and it talks about the hole of the pent, when she are digged, and we start talking about the hole of the pit, what could that be? Well, the manifest has a different revelation. It has a different revelation about the, the end of the universe, how that happens. Because it's in the Bible. The Bible talks about that, that when God wants to start a new universe, he stretches out the heavens. So the word stretch shows us that prior to it being stretched, that there was a, there was a depression of the substance, a, a compression of it, you could say. And then they were stretched out. Okay. Let's look at this. Let's think about this. 51, Isaiah 51.1 Hole of the pit when you are dead. Now let's take this whole scenario backwards. I've given you these scriptures lots of times. There's half a dozen about the stretching of the heavens. So now, let's, the heavens are stretched out and we have the whole universe. Now let's go backwards in time and let's de-stretch the heavens and go back to see what we get. Okay, in the process of, of getting what we get, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of black holes that come up. And then there's ultimately going to be the father of all black holes. And the father of all black holes will eventually, in addition to his sucking up the, the star mass, will begin to suck up the other smaller black holes until there is only one black hole left. And when there's only one black hole left, that black hole will begin to eat on itself until it is totally compacted and compressed. Now, someone says, well, how, what causes the, the explosion? And what causes that? Well, one of the things that they're discovering, and I preached on this 40, 50 years ago, about the atoms having a, a, a brain, and not a human brain, but having information that a brain, like a brain would have. And, and, and um, we know we've got these uh, neutrinos that, that they say that there's no compression or anything that can destroy, destroy them or, you know, because they, they can pass through concrete, they can pass through anything. And um, uh, there are a certain aspect of, of, the, uh, of, the, of stars that, that uh, certain aspects of, that are put out from stars. But um, as we begin to realize that there's going to always be something like free 
special kind of ions that, uh, like they're saying now that, that when a black hole, something goes into a black hole, the information that that substance had that, w that goes into the black hole, uh, if the information is, re is reserved because it is spit out and, 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 it, and it's, it stays on the surface of the black hole and maintains all that information. That was just recently on a video that was on about, uh, I think, Discovery Science. And I happened to see a part of that. And I thought, wow, these guys are discovering things that I preached on 40, 50 years ago, which ties into the energy dot and ties into all these different things that I've taught about, about how that that uh, this energy, even though it has changed form, will retain memories of things that have happened in the long, long ago. So when the father of all black holes ends up eating all the universe and is in its total depression, there is still information in there. And there is within the concept of that information a, a, uh, a, a event an event that is to take place uh, in a spontaneous combustion. And so, as we saw from the, the statement that was made, you know, um, by Hawking, how that there had to be just this exact trillionth of a, of a happening for us to have the universe we have today. And we said, hey, that had to all be coded. That was coded. That was a law that was put into, into the debris. It's in the debris. And so when the, 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 the event happening code comes about for the right time, a spontaneous eruption occurs, and it already has the code in it for how it is to be released, the speed that it is, to, it is to be released, and all of those things. And, and you know, people have not always understood that uh, there are some things that, that people don't understand. Like uh, we have taught years back about chemical equivalent, how that um, in your body there is the potential to be able to make biologically a chemical equivalent of almost any chemical there is can be manufactured in your body so, so that an effect can be put into operation that achieves the same balance, the, the same um, result as if you had the original chemical there. By the same token, uh, there are are uh, particles that have no mass, but they have a mass effect. So what that means, even though they have no mass, they affect in nature as though they did have mass because they have a mass signature, a mass effect, even though they have no mass. By the same token, that can be true with temperatures. So that you could have a freezing effect that was just an effect, but was not actually a, a, a frozen uh, state. You can have a heat or hot effect that was just a signature, and just like this mass that did not have 
you know, it had an effect, but it, it did not actually have, the particle did not actually have the mass. It, you, it could not necessarily have the heat, but could have the effect. And that's why I believe in cold fusion. I don't believe that it has to be cold to have fusion. I believe that there could be a, you know, just like mass effect without there being mass. There could be cold or hot effect without there being cold or hot. And people have not understood that. And that's scientists are still, you know, coming to the time that they will begin to understand that. And, and, and that, is, that is important. Now, what people don't understand is this possibility of, of this filling of God of all the universe. When Einstein used his field equations, field equations, you know, having to do with the vacuum field equations, space-time, and um, and he borrowed a lot of ideas from Maxwell that borrowed from the electromagnetic field in free space. But, you know, when we talk about being able to put space into the field equations, and when we talk about how that spirit can actually uh, be put into other terms of language that can uh, actually fit as a as a term to be used and and when i begin to bring out some of this new math logistical rhythmatics and some of this new math you're going to see how beautiful that that really is because um it is it's going to be neat when we start getting into the bread from heaven the shadow of the holy spirit and 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 uh, when the term spirit begins to be put back into to the language, uh, so that you know, I mean Einstein, he says, "Wow," he said, "Some of these things are they're sort of like like a ghost." Well, ghost is another way of describing a spirit, and he understood that as as having a a, 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 a you know realistic aspect. He he understood that. So these things are going to be understood just like our human body has an electrical field and and we are we are electrical humans and and though that electricity uh, works through our nervous system and uh, if we didn't have that uh, we would be uh, we'd be hurting because uh, you know it's it's all part of the plan of God it's all part of the of the of the things that God is doing uh, it, it's um, it's beautiful, it's precious. Um, there's no end to what God is getting ready to reveal uh, in, in the in this uh, incredible teaching of, of of the heavens. There's so much I want to say, and I'm just running out of time here, and it's very sad um, to me, you know, like because I, I want to talk about how that they get into all these different kind of numbers, you know. Well, we, we want to get into amtricity, and we want to show that how that amtricity is part of this lattice that, that, that uh, is the covering of, of all space. 
and how that uh, you cannot, you do not figure amtricity like you figure regular electricity. Uh, it has to be figured in a in completely different way. And I want to take the time to get into that so that you can have the blessings of, of uh, knowing those codes and knowing, you know, all those uh, revelations, uh, you know, because it's just absolutely, absolutely exciting. Um, and, 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 and this, this is what I want to say, as I, I guess I got to start sort of bringing this to a close. This is what I want to say. You know, there are all these different kinds of math. There's imaginary math. There's abstract math. There's transcendental math. There's virtual reality math. There was a time that they said, look, imaginary math is not real. It's, it's not real. It's not real numbers. But now they've come to the point where they realize that without imaginary math, you can't figure the square of the circle. So that even though it's called imaginary, it is nevertheless real. Now, if they can do all these kinds of math, and if I have the time to explain some of them to you, next time around I'll do that. And they can use all these terms, virtual reality, transcendental. Then there's no reason they can't get into this language of spirit. We can describe how the spirit of God is involved and what black, what dark matter is and what dark energy is in relationship to the first domain, the heaven of heavens, and how that this affects the universe. It affects its beginning, it affects its end. Not in the sense of, of a, a beginning that didn't have an existence or an end that ceased to be, but in an infinity type of existence that goes into a type of sleep called the black hole density. But then by order of the, the laws of God that are written into it, the heavens are stretched out into a new universe. And it begins again. A place is made where new souls can be born and brought to the kingdom of God. Oh, we're going to have a lot to cover next week. God bless you so much. We love you. With so much to share. I meant to get into the Higgs particle, but I just didn't make it. So, God be with you and let me do a prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for these people today that need healing in their body. And I pray for these persons who are working hard to understand these teachings. That you will open their minds and open their hearts that you just fill them with the Holy Spirit unction that will lead them and teach them and guide them this new language. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, God bless you. Amen.